Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We are talking this week about all the places you can find homes for sale other than the MLS. The feedback on yesterday's show is fantastic, so we know we are on target with the information you guys are after. Remember, the whole goal of this podcast, every podcast, we have thousands of past podcasts for you guys to listen to, is to educate you, to motivate you, but ultimately the education and the motivation doesn't mean hooey unless you're going to get into action. So make sure when you're listening to today's podcast, you are thinking, I can do that. I can take that action. I can absolutely positively do what Tim and Julie are suggesting right now. And one of the first actions we're asking you to take, and we're um, wanting you to take this very seriously, it's your admittance. It's your price for your seat on today's podcast. It's very simple. Just give us a five-star review on iTunes or on Spotify, and do leave some piffy comments. Piffy means nice, favorable, complimental uh, mm-hmm. Compliments, compliments and comments, mm-hmm. and we certainly appreciate it. On Spotify and on iTunes, that does go a long way in helping us to stay on our own mission, which is uh, being the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the, at least the United States, which we are. Uh, and we are hoping to expand that, and we're going to need your help to do it, to the planet, the entire planet Earth. And now because of Elon Musk, we're going to – you know what? I just thought about it. We could easily start claiming to be the number one listened to daily podcast on Mars <laughs> That's right. Why we not? Need to, we need to start doing Starlink that. Starlink is probably broadcasting there right this second. <laughs> exactly. So we are. Uh, we left off yesterday on point number five. And again, make sure you go back and listen to yesterday's shows about this particular topic and do expand your thinking, but most importantly, do take action on your expansive thoughts. Point number five, Mrs. Harris. Yes, and I love these points because it accomplishes two things. One is it enables you to get your wayward buyers in contract. You know those folks that are counting on you to actually find them something. And by looking, using them as your excuse to do these items, you will also create listing inventory for yourself because not every listing that you uncover will be a match for your buyers. And so to even take this thinking to the next level, how many sellers are out there that would be sellers, rather I should say would be sellers, if they had a place to move to? So in your quest to find listings, how often will those listings that you find when you find you know use one of our sources and you indeed find a house for sale – you think think to your yourself, you put that house for sale, you let other people know about that property, you do all the things we teach you to do in the coaching program. A lot of those people, depending on the price range, probably 50 or 60% of them are also going to have a house to sell. So you taking action on one of our ideas, enlisting one particular, just one house, how many transactions is that going to create for you? One listing could make your entire year, especially if you have a higher end sale price. That's exactly true. So point number five, if you missed points one through four, get caught up on yesterday's podcast. Point number five, new build sales reps can also tell you which homes are about to fall out of contract. They do come out of contract at many different points of being built for many different reasons. Now, if they don't already have someone set to buy it, this is an off-market new construction listing. You will not see that in your MLS. And I just thought of, of course, another point kind of related to this. Point number 5A. 5A, five and a half. And that is to talk with the listing agents who are very dominant in your market because they probably have, I know they have because I talk to them all the time, 
a list of people who would be just what you said. I would normally list, but where am I going to go? You can control that entire transaction, build in timeframes, have leasebacks, do everything that you can't do when you're competing and losing out. When you network, and maybe you are one of those agents, good for you if you are, but network with agents who you know typically do have listing inventory. So let's give them some advanced coaching on this last point. So you will discover that not very many build reps will take or not many builders will take a home sale contingency unless the house was like two years or the new construction is for like a year or two years out. All right. So and that's not that frequent. But let's just focus on this. If they took a if they went into contract on new construction, but they were not contingent on home sale, I guarantee you they're contingent on financing. And I bet you Follow me here. The financing was contingent on home sale. So the buyer, the mm-hmm. builder accepted a non-home sale contingent contract, but did accept a contingent of financing contract, and the financing was contingent on, guess what, the home sale. If the house didn't sell for whatever particular reason, um, you know, obviously they're going to want to um, – uh, that builder is going to want to get that property sold. That loan officer is going to want to make sure that property gets sold. Nobody gets paid unless the property gets sold. So not only are we suggesting in point number four that you work directly with the new build reps, you want to work directly with the new build reps' preferred lenders. You want to work with the in-house lenders that the new build reps might be using. Again, you're going to have to do some real work. Um, I actually just thought of another point. Yes. Um, and I'm going to say it now even though it's out of sequence, but it's still worth okay. doing. Um, back in the housing crash, we coached all of you guys – Uh, to go directly into your local banks, go directly to your bank uh, managers and ask them specifically who handles the potential distressed property in your community at that particular bank. And many of you were able to become uh, listing agents for asset management companies or directly for those banks. That will still happen, but it's happening in a different way now. So a lot of times there's two different kinds of loans. There's obviously the loans that the bank will service uh, but they're they, essentially it's a government loan, but they're servicing it. They're collecting the payments. Their names are on the website when you log in to see your mortgage balance, but they're servicing the loan for somebody else. But some of these banks, a lot of these banks, especially in the upper end, non, uh, non-conforming loans, they portfolioed those loans. In other words, they lent their own money. So they're servicing their own accounts. I hopefully, if you guys don't understand what I'm saying, just keep all these thoughts in your head and you can figure, fill in the blanks later. This podcast is 30 minutes. Uh, but you hopefully are understanding this concept. If you walk into the bank and you ask the bank, uh, what are they doing with their portfolio loans that are in default, you will discover that they absolutely positively refer those to local agents. If you're a customer of that bank and you're talking directly with that bank manager about obviously, you know, hopefully helping them with some of their potentially distressed property, you will get those leads because do you think any other agent has ever walked into that bank uh, manager's office and had that question uh, asked of them at least in the past 14 or 15 years? That'd be a hard no. So be proactive. You will find all kinds of hidden inventory of homes for sale, all kinds of things. Another thing, I mean, I don't want to go on a total tangent here, but banks are also going to know about uh, some things that happen when people are, when the houses become, go into probate. We'll talk about that here in a second. Maybe tomorrow we'll talk about that. But there's so many different avenues for you to create business for yourself. Think to yourself, who are, who are the people that are already in touch with a mortgage, a house, a house for sale? Think of all the different people and businesses. Go to all of them. And how about this, guys? There are home inspectors that you could be asking for referrals. Obviously, we talked about lenders. We talked about, you know, all. how about home improvement companies? How about companies? That's, there's a, what's that company, Julie? They're actually a sponsor of the podcast occasionally. Uh, the one where they fix up the house prior to being for sale. Yes, but I can't remember the name of it right now. It'll hit me a second. Well, they're marketing to agents for agents to take the um, houses t- uh, to them and uh, give them an in- give the consumer 
fix the house up and the consumer can pay the uh, this company back when the house goes to close. You guys will find that there's other contractors that are doing similar things in your marketplace. Well, they obviously are being con- uh, contacted directly from a perspective from homeowners who need to have work done to their house and maybe they were they didn't have the money or maybe the contractor was more than willing to do the work and put some interest on the loan or just all these other types of things. Those are another great source of business. So just start thinking in terms of everybody who comes in contact with a seller, which is obviously thousands of people. Those are just a litany of potential listing opportunities for you. Yes, but only if you ask. Don't be a secret agent. Point number six is one of my favorites. For rent by owners of single-family homes, duplexes, maybe fourplexes, they are advertising their phone number. What is the number one thing you guys like to complain about? I can't find the phone number. Not with for rent by owners. It's right there. The script is simple, and it's a business decision for them. They're also a great resource to have a place for your wayward sellers who have sold but not yet bought. You know, uh, Joe in Columbus asks me about this all the time when we have a new vacancy. He's like, I've got a seller who sold, but they haven't found anything yet. Can they do a short-term lease? So those for rent by owners have multiple purposes. But certainly, if you have a buyer that is not in contract because you haven't found them anything yet, and there is a for rent by owner, this is an investor who owns a single-family home, whose house meets your buyer's criteria, it makes a lot of sense for you to ask them if they would consider selling. Now, here's what they're going to say. One of two things. They're going to say, nope, I'm going to keep it forever. That's usually what I say when they call me, right? Uh, Or they're going to say, well, I don't know. What kind of price do you think you could get me for it? It's a simple business conversation in which you then offer to do a free comparative market analysis, maybe meet them, sit down for coffee. It's either a listing for you to list or it is a match for your buyer or they decide not to do anything. Most single family and, and small multifamilies are still owned by mom and pops. They're not owned by big institutional investors. And how many of those small mom and pops actually take the time to know what the properties are worth? How many of them would be shocked if they knew what their properties are worth now? And how many of them will be thrilled when you call them and let them know? And then they'll be more than happy to get the property sold. You will discover that it's more than nothing. It's and there'll if especially in the single family uh, home, like for example. How do – if you see one um, – we call it a landlord, let's investor, whatever you want to call it. But they have, say, less than five rental properties or maybe even one rental property. It's a single-family house. Maybe it's a condo. They were probably involuntary landlords. Yep. They didn't choose to buy that. They got stuck with it or they inherited it and got stuck with it. Or maybe they had you – know, they've owned it since the housing crash. They uh, couldn't sell it then because they were upside down. Uh, they don't know the fact is that now they're not only not upside down, but they actually have a lot of equity. I promise you they would love to get rid of that property. It's yep. been rented consistently, but still it's not been a big cash flow, a cash flow house for them. And maybe they want to sell it so they can use that cash to guess what? Uh, put towards the purchase of a move up house. Thus you create another listing for yourself, their existing house they're living in now. Now you've given them, you know, say, fifty grand from this rental property you just sold or whatever. They sell their existing house, and now you have all this added equity that they can then translate into buying some dream house they've always wanted to buy or a builder house. You guys get it? You have to start thinking in terms of all the different opportunities that are out there. Don't get suckered into believing that there's no opportunity. There's expansive opportunity, and the opportunity is actually a little bit more uh, interesting in a market like this 
because there's so much demand. There's so many buyers that want to purchase. There's so much FOMO that's still existing in the housing market, but there's so few agents that are willing to learn how to actually go out and create their inventory. That's the topic of today's podcast. And remember, guys, this is just an overview. We give you all the drill down how to do all that stuff in our coaching program with the scripts, with the objection handlers, with all the different little nuanced approaches to getting these sellers in front of you. If you'd like to join our coaching program, we've made it very simple for you. Uh, we've set aside time in our coaches' schedules, our new member coaches' schedules. Just text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. You can speak directly with one of our new member coaches. And you, too, can learn how to be a powerful listing agent because of this market. Remember, a message and data rates may apply. That's right. So you mentioned what we usually call the unintended rental property where they maybe have just one and they haven't thought about it for a while they've just sort of forgot about it and that's most of which the is rent- most of them. that's most of the rental inventory that's out there most people don't own like you know they were crazy like we were and they own dozens of them most people own like three or five rental properties but it still is uh good to ask them maybe they say well you know i'm gonna keep on i'm gonna keep that one forever i kind of like it i'm kind of attached to it whatever make sure you ask them what else they own that they might rather you know be selling that and find out for, about that and remember in every single conversation with every single human i don't yes. care if it's the guy that's taking out you know it's cutting your grass or cutting your hair or just whatever right the people at the grocery store the person that works we used to get tons of referrals from the gal that managed our local starbucks we sold her a condo and she would send us referrals on a regular basis by the way who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling real estate that I should be helping in this market. Or if you really want to be focused, by the way, and this is how you end every single conversation, by the way, who do you know who's thinking about selling their home in this market that I should be helping? You guys get it? Always be asking. Don't just sit around, open up your iPhone or your whatever and computer and look to see what's for sale in the MLS. See there's nothing for sale in the MLS and say, whoop, there's nothing for sale. You have to create your own inventory and you have an unfair advantage in this marketplace if you're actually following some of these suggestions that we're giving to you in creating your inventory. You have this mysterious genese qua that nobody else quite understands right. where you always have available homes for sale where buyers then will start coming to you and you start selling them things and showing them things that other people don't know about because you've actually learned how to do the real work of real estate. Yes, and I've got news for you, and I, I have proof of this because one of our own tenants contacted me about this. <laughs> don't think that your really motivated, really qualified buyers are not out there doing these things themselves because they are. I got an email yesterday from uh, one on Selby that's one of our rentals, and he's like, he wanted to have a three-month extension to his lease because his agent has been unable to find him something to buy. He's pre-qualified. He's ready to rumble. You know, so he was asking me, what else do you have in your rental inventory that maybe you'd like to sell us? Well, I hope he goes vacant because we can raise the bejeebers oh, out of I that know. Exactly. I feel like helping him buy something almost. Yeah. But the point is that why is that buyer who's motivated and qualified coming to me not because his agent isn't doing their job, right? Don't think for a second that your supposed proprietary buyers are not out there doing these things that you should be doing. Well, why would, they are. It, that is hilarious, isn't it? It is. I'm I mean, just, it's just con- contacting all. Now, it doesn't have just to be a house that's actively for rent. You can go to ab- the absentee owner list. Is this on your list? Yep. Well, okay. Well, I don't want to step on any okay. Julie's points, but you can get the phone numbers of the people that own properties that don't live there, um, and mm-hmm. there's ways to get that information. You can call them. You're, you're going to be like Willy Wonka, right? You're Willy Wonka, Ed McMahon, and, the, and Santa Claus, and the Tooth Fairy all in one. You roll, you know, you knock at someone's door, you call them. Don't be a wimp and mail them. Be, you know, proactive. Actually put yourself in front of them and say, I've got great news for you. Again, these are all scripts we give you in Premier Coaching Program. Just the gist of it is, 
is you've won the lottery. This is what your house is worth. Would you like uh, the check in Bitcoin or, you know, <laughs> no. How soon would you like to have the house property? If, if all these numbers made sense to you, no. We give you all these scripts, right, guys? You'll know what to say. You'll know how to say it. You'll be confident saying it. And who is going to be mad at you when you're telling them that they are the smartest person on planet Earth for having purchased this property however many years ago that they did? And now that they're winning the real estate lottery, congratulations to them. They are going to love you. They will invite you in for coffee so you can make them feel good and you know comment how nice their existing house is. Then they're going to ask you how much their existing house is worth. Then you're going to tell them. And now you've created two listing opportunities for you, not to mention the fact that they also have five other properties they want to sell. You guys get it? But it does not happen if all you're doing is waiting around for something to show up in the MLS. Exactly. All right. Point number seven. And I have to confess, I got this point from one of our coaching clients. This was not something that used to be in our list, but now it is. Connect with assisted living care housing intake directors. This was a very strong spoke for one of our coaching clients. Who will hate you for actually saying this on the podcast. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but here's the thing. The reason I like this is because whoever thinks to do this. Most people pay for their assisted living care costs by selling their homes and cashing out the equity. The housing intake coordinators, and they're called different things but in different um, you know, buildings and neighborhoods, but that's what they are. They're housing intake coordinators. They're a great source of those leads. So provide value by being a liaison between the homeowner and the director, and the director will love you because they have a very long lead follow-up process. Well, let's give them the, the how this actually works. Yes. So when you wanted to um, – and we did this when we sold real estate. We've coached people to do this mm-hmm. as well. So let's say, for example, you have someone or maybe you yourself are wanting to move into an assisted care living facility. There was a really nice one um, where we used to live. What was it called? The really fa- Faradine. No, no, no. Yeah, there was one that was by um, Graceland. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wesleyan. Whatever what was it, it was. Called? Yeah. Yeah. Very but, nice. But what it is yeah. essentially is you have on these properties, you typically have single family houses. Maybe they're patio homes or they have attached walls. Then you have, you know, and that's where people live completely independently, no in-house care other than just living in a, you know, a nice controlled environment. And then there's going to be some condos, maybe some apartments where they're going to be, uh, maybe they have a nurse stopping by for a certain amount of time. And then there's another level of care that's beyond that. So what a lot of people will do is they, and those are oftentimes associated, some, there's a lot of, frankly, public companies that are in this business now. It's one of the fastest growing sectors of the real estate industry is what I'm describing to you. Um, some of them are a, church, a part of a church, but what happens with a lot of these is they'll have their contract price and then they'll have, but their price, like for example, you walk in there, Julie's grandma was at Faraday, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I remember you were telling me that when they, they do an asset uh, search, mm-hmm. so before, prior to Julie's grandma named Minnie mm-hmm. <laughs> going into Faraday and her husband, Alan, mm-hmm. uh, they since gone to God. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is a while, a while ago. So these numbers we're going to give you are obsolete by at least 15 years or something, right? Probably 10, yeah. Yeah. So what they did is they asked for complete assets on um, whoever's wanting to go in there. Uh, what's your house worth? What are your accounts? They do a complete and total financial, uh, you know, drill down. They're pre-qualifying. They, well, they're not just pre-qualifying. They're finding out what assets you have because what you're going to do is your cost of what you're going to pay and to live in one of these, in these facilities is going to be dependent. Your out-of-pocket is going to be dependent on, uh, yeah, and whether or not you can even live there in the first place or where or how you're going to live there yeah. if you go there, whether it's going to be a low, you know, what level of uh, lifestyle it's going to be. It's depending on how many of uh, the assets you pledge to said uh, facility. So if you're going to sign over a house, if you're going to sign over uh, other assets, and they're going to see that you're giving them what amounts to, let's say, $400,000, 
they're going to figure out what it actually costs to house you for the rest of your projected life. And then I know this all sounds kind of morbid, but this is how it actually works. It's a business. It is a business. And so what a lot of these companies will do is they get access to these uh, properties that are being pledged. Pledged isn't the right word. I don't remember what it is, but it's something like that. And then they will have to liquidate those properties in order to have the cash to then, as, as, you know, obviously pay for the bills of the person that's going to be living in their facility. A lot of these facilities um, are they have massive wait lists, year, two, three year wait lists. And in that time, a lot of those people are um, essentially selling those assets. Now, this is what a lot of older people do, which is fascinating. And Julie's grandparents did this as well, mm-hmm. is knowing that they were going to be having, they would have to provide a list of all their assets prior to going to the place that they went to, which was called Faradine, which was really nice. They sold and gave away basically all their assets. Yes. And then they were still able to go there, still had a great lifestyle. But then these are, this is the interesting part. A lot of these facilities are subsidized by the government dependent on someone's net worth or what they can contribute. So if they have, uh, they will get less subsidized by the government the more assets they have. So they can still go there and live, but if they have less assets, then obviously the government's going to have to make up the difference between you know, what they would have otherwise been uh, willing to pay. And it's also fascinating in some of these places, if your net worth is too much, which is crazy to actually, you know, just put this in your head. If your net worth is too much, they'll turn you down because they're only looking for people with certain net, net worths within a certain level because of the fact that they're wanting the subsidy from the government. That's I don't understand how the whole business works, but again, I've had coaching clients that do yeah, this. The bottom line is, is you walk into these places, you talk with the intake directors. The intake directors are all going to have a constant stream of um, elderly people that have houses and other assets that they're going to want to sell. That's another killer spoke for you. Yes, and their representatives, you know, maybe their heirs are taking care of it. But the point is they have a huge lead follow-up list is really what it is. And all of these people, in some sense, have home equity or they're going through that process. So that is a fantastic connection and a really great potential spoke. You can modify your pre-listing package. Our coaching client that, that I originally talked to about this, she modified her pre-listing package to include contacts for estate sales specialists, pet rescue, moving storage, and it was all based on her discussion with one of these housing intake coordinators who told her what the initial contact was, what all of their objections were, okay, which was, well, I'm not quite ready yet. I'm just looking at my options for when it's time. I don't know what I'm going to do with my golden retriever. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this stuff I've collected in the house living there for 35 years. So that makes sense to connect and be a liaison to estate sales specialist, also a great connection anyway. So this is one of those things where one thing leads to the next. A state sales specialist is a fancy way of saying basically somebody that goes in there and they'll they auction and they'll auction all the household goods. Fancy off garage sale. To, and this should have been another point, but that is another great source. Again, Julie and I got business by this on by accident. We were uh, there was a property that was listed with us. I remember this very clearly. And the people had passed away. The heirs were wanting us to get rid of the house for them. They were all out of state. The house was full of all you know all their personal belongings. We called into a, an auction house, a lady who had, I think, a high-end thrift shop or something. Mm-hmm. But her side hustle, basically, though yes. they didn't call it then, was to do exactly what we're talking about. She went in there, and there are certain things that she bought that she put into her um, – or she put in, she bought it or she consigned it and put it into her own store. But the rest of it, she went out and managed to did a series of auctions at first. And then whatever was left, it went uh, – the stuff got sold uh, at a uh, garage sale. In, yeah. her, in their driveway. And right. then after that, whatever's left got donated. That's right. But that would have been another killer source for, obviously, listing leads. So you guys have to start thinking 
expansively and uh, just all my mind just you know it, with all the different sources from just that one relationship mm-hmm. because she also knew contractors that we would get referrals from mm-hmm. she would also know uh, other sources of business from other people that were in some version of the same industry from say for example I, we had a, a police officer, mm-hmm. Russ, mm-hmm. and Russ and his wife would specialize in there. She was a dentist. He was a police officer. But as a hobby and as a great way of making money, they were going out and doing flips on the weekends. Well, how did Russ know about which properties he wanted to buy? He was buying properties that were in his beat. He was patrolling a particular part of Columbus. He knew what properties were vacant. He knew what properties were going to be coming for uh, – were going to be vacant. He knew the Fisbos even. He knew, the, he knew everything. Yeah. And then he needed Julie and I's help putting contracts together and getting the properties sold. But that's another great source is if you know any law enforcement officers, that's another great angle for you. That's right. All right. So point number eight, we talked about a lot yesterday, but just reminding you so we keep our list going here. Find the notice of defaults as the NODs. Search the zip codes that your buyers are looking in for NODs and see if those homes fit your buyer's criteria. These are not usually listed yet, but they are usually motivated. So that's a great way for you to control the entire transaction. Notice the defaults. You can get this information um, from a bunch of different sources. The notice of default source that we used, I I think Red X provides that, don't they? I believe they do. Yeah, so if you guys want to uh, get access to the same source that we use, we used Red X for expireds and for sale by owners. I'm pretty sure they do notice of defaults as well. We talked about notice of defaults yesterday, but in essence, a notice of default is when the bank issues a legal notice saying the person has a default on their mortgage. Typically, it's after they've missed one payment. Well, I should say legally, it's after they've missed one payment. Oftentimes, it's after they've missed more than one payment. Um, but bottom line is another absolutely incredible source of businesses and notice of defaults because most of those homeowners have equities in their pro- equity in their property. Uh, and again, you're going to be uh, Willy Wonka in a, in a uh, you know Santa Claus suit telling them we can get this property sold. We can stop the house from going into foreclosure. We can make it so you don't have a foreclosure on your credit. And you also get to walk away with a big check that you otherwise might not be able to walk away with if the house goes to foreclosure. And if you want to get access to that list, just text the word R-E-D, text the word RED to 47372, text the word RED to 47372. And when you you do that, we'll text you back a link where you can go to a microsite and you can actually get $150 off Red X, which is a smoking deal. And that's only for our podcast listeners. So text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. a lot of agents ask us, well, if you guys were to get back in the real estate business, what would you do? One of the first things we would do is subscribe to Red X because yep. that's going to make it so that we don't have to hunt for phone numbers for prospective sellers. And we would use, obviously, our scripts and our listing processes, but I, we'd use their data. And those two things in combination will create a really great pathway for you to become a proactive lead generator. So text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. And remember, message and data rates may apply. Point number nine, Julie. Point number nine and ten are both about your past clients, your centers of influence. You guys call that your database, of course, but they're a little bit different points. So point number nine, mine your own database. That's your past clients and people in your sphere of influence. And look at that as your own personal shadow inventory, almost like your own private secret MLS. Who owns a home currently that may be a match for one of your qualified and motivated buyers? This creates, again, two to three transactions for you, all of which you are in ultimate control of. And so let's give them a coaching story. You are telling me an example of uh, she was in uh, or she is in Austin Mm -hmm. and the um, she was uh, looking for a property for sale. It was something that's like close to 20 million or 10 million or something Mm -hmm. like outrageous. Mm -hmm. That was completely abnormal for Austin. But the sellers didn't know the market had gone this direction. You remember the story? Well, And it was actually a result. She came across that person as a result of mining her database right 
So first, that was caused by her losing out to somebody who was a past expired. The market heated up. Some other agent got it away from her. Why? Because she had not been doing this. Well, remember the backstory, if I'm getting all this correct. There was a new agent that came to her market. There was an agent from L.A. Yep. And the agent actually was door knocking, essentially. Expired. Expired. And she was telling the seller. Because what happened is the market, it's uh, hockey stepped up so fast that the sellers weren't keeping up with the fact that their property, especially the expireds, were not just worth more than what, you know, they were not, they were worth more than what they expired at, in some cases by 30, 30 to 50% <laughs> more. So she was able to say, Mr. Seller, you remember how your house expired for a million and a half? Well, you know what? That's a nice number and everything, but it would be okay if I brought you an offer for, say, two and a half million? Exactly. You know, that's what she was saying. And there wasn't a lot of, a lot of skill required with that script. Well, this agent from L.A. went to this gal's market, her market. This is my market, right? My neighborhood. My neighborhood. And this gal was door knocking, and she was going after expireds, and she picked up a bunch of listings that should have been the other agent's listings simply for the fact that she was letting the market know what the properties were worth. We're telling you to do the exact same thing with everyone you know. Let them know that they've won the the real estate lottery. I don't care what inflation or interest rates or politics or who owns Twitter or who is moving to Mars or all the rest of it. doesn't matter. Mr. Seller, great. I got unbelievably fantastic news for you. Exactly. So that is point number 10. Call 100% of your database to see who's curious about what their home is now worth in today's market. If they knew their home was worth blank, what would that do to their plans? Let's go back to our agent in Austin. Because of what you just described about the California agent getting one of her uh, expireds away from her because they got the Uh, price higher, okay, which is true on virtually every expired for the past two to three years, especially stuff that was off the market during early COVID. All right, so that inspired Austin agent to actually call her database, who she had previously been afraid to talk to. Why? Because like all of you, she didn't want to hear, well, I would move, but I can't find any place to buy. Except in this case, when she called into a very high-end neighborhood, this was like a $10 million, really nice, you know, one of those fancy Austin It was crazy because it was $10 million, but two years prior, it may have been like three and a half. Exactly. All right. So she was inspired then to actually talk to her database so that this would not happen to her again. And she, she said, you know, would you like to know what your home is likely worth in today's market? She had her MLS in front of her. She had her comps in front of her. And she said, well... I don't know if you noticed these three recent comps. They were nine, like 10 and a half and 11 million. And the seller just about passed out. Well, you already think of them as a seller, right? So her past client just about passed out and said, you're kidding me. And our agent actually created the objection. She's like, well, where would you move next? Because <laughs> she's so used to being afraid of it. It was she, in her but head. She wasn't used. She to, actually said that. Yeah, but she wasn't expecting the seller to be so. She was expecting yeah. a negative response. Oh, I'm prospecting. Uh, I'm bothering people. Well, blah, exactly. blah, blah. She didn't realize that that seller was going to be, well, what, what became a seller, was going to be thrilled to have that. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that And call? you know what the seller said? Mm. She said, if you can get me $11 million, I will figure out where to live on my own. Thank you very much. Come on over. Yeah. So there you go. And wasn't, but, that was one of her prior expires yes, that she right. didn't call that's right. to tell them the new market. And it took that other agent from took outside the, the market. to yeah. cause it to happen. Exactly. That's right. So how many of you are in that situation? Are you really looking at your own database as your own inventory? The great thing about that, if you're lucky and some agent from you know another state doesn't move in and start calling them because you're not – Maybe you will be the only one talking to them. If you're not doing that, you really have no business being mad when you drive past one of your past clients with somebody else's sold sign in the yard. Yeah, guys, look, what we're trying to help you understand, and I think you'll see the common element. We're on point number 10, and we've got you know twice that more to go in the next uh, few days. 
the common element is what? You have to be proactive. You have to call. This is not, okay, now well, we're going to create a funnel, <laughs> and it's going to be a Facebook funnel. It's going to lead to a Twitter funnel, which is going to lead to a TikTok funnel, which yes. is going to lead to a funnel, which is, I don't even know where the hell it's funneling. Yeah, okay? I know. And you're going to have to do a lot more of it more frequently because, you know, you just haven't been doing it long enough. And then I'm going to send them a bunch of videos. I'm going to watch how often they open the video. And the ones that open the video in less than five minutes and open three times, and I'm going to call those people. No, I'm not. I'm not no, going to no, call no. them. I'm putting them into another campaign and the yeah. other campaign. But then I'm going to expand or expose them to my branding every single day. Right. I'm gonna, then I'm going to send them a message. And I'm gonna, you guys get the point. It's insane. Stop doing it. Pick up the phone and call the folks that you know have homes for sale, who know who you suspect, and rightfully so, would have a home for sale if you were to call them up and tell them that they've won the real estate lottery. You guys following us in all of this? Or don't complain when somebody else does. There might be people out there who will, and this is what you're going to experience. You know, we, we, we were waiting for Johnny or Susie to graduate from high school or whatever, but forget that. If you're telling me right now I can get $11 million, you know, Johnny or Susie can live in the mobile home, you know. Exactly. I mean, we, we're going to drive around the country and live in a camper. Well, but the point is that people's motivation does change, especially when you let them know what they could cash out for. And a lot of the sales that I do see happening right now, and I'm hearing about from coaching clients, are just what you described. It's people who already have downsized. They had, you know, they had what had been a VRBO, vacation rental, that they've decided now they're going to move in. Now they're getting ready to sell the family home. I, when I go to my high school Facebook page, you know what the, one of the most common things that's being posted right now? My parents are finally selling our family home that I grew up in. Hmm. And they'll post that and then, you know, being all sad about that. And then they'll be like, well, let's pray that the sale closes because mom and dad want to move to Florida. You know, so that's a very common thing. And those are some of the listings that are happening. But I also see that many times those are changing hands amongst, like, people that grew up in the neighborhood. They want to move Pocket back. listing kind yeah. of things. So they're not all going to hit the MLS. Right. Yeah. That's actually, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's how you found, uh, you helped your brother find a house was a familial yeah. connection like that. That's right. Yeah. That's, you know. We Shall we wrap or should we do some more? Uh, let me see. Let's see, the next, see if we have yes. an easy flow into the And I also point. want to point out that these first 10 points, we did five yesterday and five today. When you do all of these, not if, because you're going to do all of them. Every single one of these, I don't think we've asked them to spend a single dollar except maybe to get their discount at Red X, right? Uh, but this is very inexpensive. All we're asking you to do is have a level of skill, which we can help you with in coaching, take action. And the really cool thing about these first 10 points is when you do this, you'll have virtually no competition. How many of you guys are so frustrated because you're trying to get your buyers in contract, you keep on losing out, you have buyers who are otherwise motivated and qualified, but they can't make up the appraisal gap or they can't do a ginormous earnest money deposit. Well, if you want to keep on banging your head into the wall, keep doing the same things that you've done, which will make you lose, and then that buyer will eventually bail on you. Some of those buyers also have listings that you're going to lose out on. So if you want to get different results, you have to take different action. I'm going to expand on that thought because it's so relevant. In a market like this, every single uh, the approach has to be whatever I did last year or the years prior that was working to generate business, to make a profit, hopefully you're making a profit, hopefully you're making a big profit, you have to start with the assumption because all the rules have changed and are changing so fast that none of those things are going to work at all or they're not going to work at the same level. And this really goes uh, for anything that is a passive paid lead generation type thing. All of those things, uh, those companies all come to market when it's a hot seller's market because agents 
they're not really paying too much attention to their cash flow because the cash is flowing. That goes true with all kinds of ancillary mortgage companies, title companies. They all just say, well, what the hell? Money's coming in. We have you know tens of thousands or even millions of dollars coming in on the books, coming in for the next few years or six months if you're whatever, right? You guys get the point? People don't stop, take the time, stop and analyze. That's the reason that branding companies come around. There's no way to hold, if you can't hold uh, accountable what it is that you're spending your money on, Chances are you shouldn't be spending your money on it at all and never should have in the first place. Because if you can't absolutely positively say this expense is leading to this paycheck, a direct correlation, A has to equal B, in a market like this, you really should stop doing it and you should stop doing it urgently. And now that's not to say, here's the thing you got to understand, if the things that worked in the previous market don't work now. It's not to say they're not going to work again in six months to 12 months, but you can put them on the back burner and stop wasting your money on these things. You've got to start being proactive, but here's what's going to happen. When you've weaned yourself off the passive, uh, when you've weaned yourself off spending money on things that you intuitively know don't really work, you just gotten it, you know, you believe that it works. I remember when Julie and I sold real estate, we used to advertise in, um, you know, this is, we sold in uh, real estate right when the internet started coming out and like, I'd say really early to mid 90s, like we had one of the first URLs, our URL, timandjulieharris.com. It was, uh, we bought that, I think, in the first year that consumers could buy URLs. It was really, it's an ancient URL. Uh, but at that same time, that internet marketing and lead generation was just starting. But the thing that people were mostly still doing, and they still do this in a lot of rural communities, frankly, are these homes magazines that you see at the grocery stores and whatnot. And Julie and I would spend a lot of money on these homes magazines, especially in some of our upper end listings. And then, you know, the only people that would ever read them was the people waiting to check out and buy their whatever they're buying <laughs> yep. or the sellers who actually, you know, love to see their house in pictures and all those types of things. Well, I remember when we when the market adjusted. It was after September 11th or the stock market crash or something. And we were having this very conversation with ourselves. The days in the market was extending. The nature of the market was changing. It wasn't exactly like it is now. But the point was there was a lot of consternation, headwinds in the marketplace. And we said, well, what is not? what can we absolutely positively not directly lead a closed transaction? Like, did this equal this, right? And then we stopped doing those homes magazines. And I have to tell you, we had probably sleepless nights because we were worried that somehow the world would pay attention to Tim and Julie Harris no longer in whatever the homes magazines were. They must have, you know, fallen off the what face of the earth. What happened to them? Why aren't they? Nobody cared. Nope. Nobody cared except us. Because we our got savings account. Yeah, because we were spending like $100,000 a year. And this was back in the 90s and all this stuff, right? And then we realized it was all an immense waste of money. We stopped doing it, had no detrimental effect on our business whatsoever. Nobody cared, did not prevent us from taking listings. There are so many things like that. Now, there were not that many things to waste money on back then. But nowadays, there are thousands of things to waste money on. That if you stop doing would have no effect whatsoever on your business. You got manipulated by your ego into believing that you had to do it because everyone else was doing it. FOMO, if you don't do it, you're going to be, you know, essentially people aren't going to want to list with you because they're going to think that you're uh, out of date, out of touch. All that marketing, all that branding, all those companies 
you're going to see this time next year, year after that, they're gone. They're out of the business. Now, when the market pivots back, it's going to be a while, but it becomes an incredibly, you know, whatever. The dynamics change. Different businesses will get in, and they'll start trying to leverage the fact that many agents will never learn how to be proactive lead generators. Many agents will never take the time to learn the skills necessary to go after these great sources of business that we're telling you about. Many agents will get into this business and they'll just, you know, buy leads or whatever the, you know, the thing is in that particular era. That buying leads, the branding, the team building, and all this stuff, that era is coming to a close. And it's not just going to be here today and gone tomorrow. It's going to slowly, you're going to start seeing it ebbing and flowing to the point where people stop talking about it. That's how trends die. That's what's happening right now. And right now, in these times of change, where all these you know, passive lead generation, gimmicky ego type things start to dissipate, if you are a proactive lead generator and you're picking up the phone and you're doing the real work of real estate, you will clean up. Because there's a whole generation of agents that have never learned how to be proactively generators. If this is the first podcast you've ever listened to Tim and Julia, first time you've ever come in contact with us, you didn't even know what proactively generation, you don't even know what it means, let alone how to do it, because you've only been in the industry since you were supposed to buy leads, build teams, work on your brand. In the last 14, 15 years, that's all it's been. And that's what the market's been a wash of. It's all been a big HTV you know, series. <laughs> you guys get the point? Now, if you've only been in the industry during this time, you don't know how to do anything other than the passive stuff. You've never taken the time to learn how to do anything other than the proactive stuff. And this, uh, I'm, you've never learned how to do the proactive stuff. And that's like all the competitors that you are locking horns with every single day. So if you want to have an unfair advantage in your marketplace, learn to be the proactive agent. We've given you at least 10 great sources, more like probably 20 at this point, mm -hmm. great sources of people that you should be proactively having direct conversations with so you can actually convert those conversations until into listings and multiple transactions and multiple paychecks. Stop waiting around, guys. In markets like this, it's going to be a massive thinning of the herd. There's no doubt about it. By the way, one of the smartest things all of you can be doing, without a doubt, is aligning with eXp Realty. Why? Because eXp Realty creates multiple streams of income for you. Most agents, the conversation is, is what are you paying your broker? What eXp Realty is about what the broker is paying you. It's completely different. That's the reason eXp Realty is the fastest growing residential real estate company in perhaps the history of the United States. I'd be shocked if that wasn't true. Right now, entering into this new strange world that we're all entering into together, you know, some of us are entering into it with eyes open, some of us are entering into it with eyes closed. How would you like to have money coming in from revenue share, from your real estate transactions, from the value of the equity that you have in eXp Realty? Agents at, who choose to be are owners of eXp Realty. This is what you want in a changing market. You want to be part of what's next. If you want to be part of the generation of agents that are going to uh, essentially become millionaires and multimillionaires, those who, who choose to be, by pursuing things like revenue share because of eXp Realty, think to yourself, how much better would you feel about the business and all the changing markets if you had, say, for example, listened to us three years ago, joined eXp Realty, and have enough money coming in passively from revenue share at this point that maybe you didn't have to worry about your personal overhead? Guys, it's still possible for you because of this market. Brokerages, teams, individual agents, new agents, seasoned agents, it's a perfect brokerage for everyone. And yes, obviously, Julie and I are proudly associated with eXp Realty. We'd love the right to be your sponsor, earn the right to be your sponsor at eXp Realty. And I'm going to announce something, and I did not tell Julie about this, and we're not really set up for this yet, but I'm going to announce it. When you join eXp Realty and you're personally sponsored by Tim and Julie Harris, we're going to give you 
the first month of Premier Coaching for free. So you can get into our coaching program for free if you choose to be sponsored by Tim and Julie Harris um, when you're jo joining EXP Royalty. But here's how you've got to do it because I've got nothing set up for that yet. Just text me directly, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. You know what? I'm going to make it even better. Okay. If you're personally sponsored by Julie and I at EXP Royalty, we're not going to give you the first month for free. We're going to give you Premier Coaching for free. If you're an existing Premier Coaching client, Julie, just give me a look. If you're an existing Premier Coaching client and you're personally sponsored by Julie and I, you message me and we'll give you, we'll extend your uh, we'll extend your coaching agreement with us for free. If you are ready to join the XP Realty and you're looking for a sponsor that's obviously going to be incredibly proactive in your success, Julie and I will give you our Premier Coaching program, which is worth three thousand dollars. That's what you know people paid you know for years. We'll give it you for free if we're personally sponsoring you at eXp Realty, but you've got to text me directly at 512-758-0206. There's no link, no page, no, no place, no text other than to text me on my cell phone, 512-758-0206. So if you're ready to join eXp Realty and you're looking for sponsors that are obviously going to be very proactive in your success, Julie and I would love the right to be your eXp Realty sponsors, and we are going to give you our premier coaching program for free if you're personally sponsored by us. Text me directly at 512-758-0206. You weren't expecting that, were you? No, I need to go recover now. So, uh, <laughs> But here's the cool thing, you guys. We talk about at uh, sort of the, the flyby level, a lot of scripts, for example. Every one of these 10 points had some level of scripting to it, which we do, you and I, just sort of conversationally because we've done it so many times ourselves plus coaching calls, et cetera, and with the coaches. So if you want the actual download, print out the scripts, this is the exact conversation, that comes from Premier Coaching. Yep, it does. And if you're being personally sponsored by Julie and IDXP Realty, yeah. that doesn't cost you anything. And that does include your daily semi-private coaching call with one of our coaches. So there you guys go. Hopefully we'll be filled your, filled your heads with <laughs> education, motivation, frankly optimism too, because changing markets like this, we love. Markets like this are fantastic because when you're willing to work and you have skill set, you are going to so easily dominate because there's still a billions of agents, but the reality of it is, is they won't have the skill set that you'll have. So you are going to have this undefinable, unfair advantage in the marketplace, and that's exciting. It is, and really, these types of things that they have to do now to sell what they need to to meet or exceed their goals, I really believe this is what makes great agents. Yeah, because, definitely. Because you know, when the market's kind of selling itself. And the buyers are finding it on their own, and you just have to throw a contract together. You're a listing agent. You just got to choose out of one out of 20 contracts that you can accept. Honestly, is that a lot of skilled, is skill? Is that a high-level skill? It does take some skill, but it's not the same as learning this stuff. And there's no, when you guys go after these sources that we've rattled off for you so far, you're not competing with a bunch of other agents when you call for rent no. by owner. You're not competing with a bunch of other agents when you call an assistant living facility. You're not competing with a bunch of other agents when you call notice of defaults. Well, there's more than, you know, agents do chase those leads. There's not that many other agents that are going to be calling your centers of influence and past clients in your database using our scripts, know what to say, how to say. It. You guys get the point? In a market like this, you make your own market. If you're waiting around for the market to come to you, you're not going to make it. Nope. There's That, that kind of rhymes, and that's a perfect way to end today's podcast. There you go. You guys have a fantastic day. I really appreciate the motivation for this topic. Um, a lot of you guys have been um, asking for us to drill down on this, and we are. We'll continue for the next few days. 
And uh, you guys have a fantastic day. Please, please, please do give us a five-star review on iTunes and on Spotify and leave some nice comments while you love the podcast. So many of you do. This is the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. It is incredibly uh, thrilling for us, and it's absolutely our honor, our professional honor to be your, you know, your podcast coaches. And those of you who are going to move forward and become one of our coaching clients, guys, be excited about this market. Don't be scared of it. Let everyone else be scared. Let everyone else worry about what's next. You know what's next. You're going to stay aligned with Julie and I. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.